Welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. This time you are watching or listening the Aston Villa away preview episode of the podcast. Sunday afternoon for this one, if you wasn't already aware. Uh, Aston Villa are in Europe on Thursday night. So Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock kickoff, 2 p.m., not the usual 3 p.m. Joining me to have a look ahead to what should be a really entertaining game is the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and town fan Dan Barrett-Davis is with us again for this episode. Gents, how are we doing? Absolutely fantastic. Buzzing for this game. Yeah, very good. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, coming up, we'll have a look at our opponents, Aston Villa. Plenty to uh, look at with regards to them. We'll have a look at the town, uh, some positives, some areas where we might be able to get out of them. As always, we'll look at some uh, danger mans of the opposition, uh, three of those in particular. And we will finish, as always, on this preview podcast with the score predictions of which we are crap, apart from Dan. Who has got one this season? Oh, can I have like half a point? Because right. I, I got the outcome as a comeback. and uh, I said win, but let's not be pedantic. Win 2-2? Two, two. No, I said we'd win. No, yeah, I said we'd win, but I said there'd be a comeback. That's the, that's the, that's the element I want you to focus oh, on here. Oh, right. It'd be a comeback. Can I have half a point? It's not quite a 2-1 at Everton win, though, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> not that I'll ever talk about it. <laughs> we will finish with our um, score predictions, and I it'll did. be interesting to see if there's another 4-3 prediction, um, or if we'll go for something more... Realistic. I did predict two all at Forest, but that was in my own head, and uh, I wasn't yeah. on here. So uh. yeah, after timers, uh, not. I know oh, it's, it's easier to say now. Uh, before I start, though, as always, <laughs> thanks very much for all of your comments. Even if you're precious away fans, uh, we welcome all comments, and but <laughs> but particularly the positive ones. We really appreciate it. And as always, once again, we are recording at the High Town Club. If you do hear a bit of background noise, they do have entertainment on downstairs. We're doing our best to drown all of that out but sometimes so <laughs> some, sometimes some sneaks through so uh, we do apologize if that impacts your um enjoyment okay then james uh villa away i watched their game against west ham yeah me too probably wish i didn't watch their game <laughs> yeah. against west ham to be fair um is it fair to say that this is the first time we come up against a truly sort of elite striker but I know we came up against Sonia Min and I know we came up against Raheem Sterling but Ollie Watkins you know he's just scored for England hasn't he he feels like the heir apparent to Harry Kane he's the real like first sort of superstar striker actual centre forward that we've come up against yeah I mean at this moment in time he's in the form of his life isn't he unfortunately for, mm. for us he's yeah he's absolutely on fire um yeah, you getting in the England side for the performances he's put in so far, but the goals, uh, assists, um, pulling defenders out of position, it seems to have it all at the moment. It just, it didn't seem to work for him under Gerard um, at Villa, but under Emery. Yeah, wow. 
looks an absolute handful. And, um, yeah, the, for the first time, I think, well, yeah, Luton came up against Sun Hyun Min, but he'd coming back from injury and they, they did keep him quiet, which is, is good. But, um, you know, at home at the moment, Villa look unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, they do. Mm. We'll come on to that in a second. Uh, but then when we get promoted, you know, one of the good things about being in the Premier League, and I'm sure we're all enjoying it, is we get to go to these iconic grounds. And in any which way, but where Aston Villa is an iconic ground, I know my old man's going to badger on about that 85 semi-final at Villa Park. But you know, <laughs> It was against Everton, though. It was against Everton. And we've right. beat them since, haven't yeah. we? So. Well, we have done. And hopefully we can look back on the fact that we'll beat Aston Villa when we do the review podcast. But it... Iconic ground in English football. It was one of those grounds, wasn't it, that when the FA Cup semi-finals were where they should be, i.e. not at Wembley, yeah. Villa Park was often first on the list. Yeah, definitely. And rightly so, because it's obviously been in Birmingham in the Midlands. It's close to where I live. Um, you're at the central point. You need a central ground in Villa Park for all its history. Um, its size as well. And it, it is, you know, like them all, or eight them, you know, it's, it's still an iconic stadium. Fantastic football club. And yeah, the it's something that when the fixtures come out, you look you look out for that fixture and you think, well, I'll, I'll make every effort to make sure I'm there. Yep. It's, it's a beautiful stadium, one of the best looking it stadiums is. in England. I'm not I'm not a fan of claret and blue as a colour as such. So that aside, it is a nice, it is a nice stadium. And, that, and that, that, that means absolutely nothing to anybody because it's it's still a nice stadium besides that. I'm, I'm you know, not, not going to dress it up in orange or anything to make <laughs> it look better, but that's not what I'm saying at all, but... Yeah, no, it is. One, I mean, I if you think back, kind of like iconic goals, you've got that Giggs goal in the FA Cup semi-final for Man United where he goes oh. on that run, doesn't he? That's at Villa Park. and um, Yeah, as I say, obviously Luton's history involves that semi-final in 85. First meeting since 2002, the round after we beat Watford, courtesy of Matthew Springs' uh, screamer. Dan's alluded to that fact as the fact that he's wearing the shirt that we wore uh, back then for this episode of the podcast. So 21 years since we've been. Hopefully it's a much better result than it was that night. But Mm. this is a Villa side, James, who have won 11 on the trot either side of the summer at Villa Park. uh, Don't look at their Premier League scores at home this season because they do not make good reading for a Luton fan. Brighton have been done six. West Ham have just been done four. A couple of others have been done three. It's like jeepers. It's but these runs have got to win sometime, and who better to end them than little old Luton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's their best run now since 1983. I was reading, um, and they've you know fair play to them that they've started as as good as they have. And you know I was watching a couple of Villa podcasts, very good ones as well. Um, and they were rightly very, very enthusiastic about their home form. And, they, you know, I think nobody's really going to relish going up, up there. But, you know, as we talked about against the, the Spurs one, Luton aren't necessarily expected to win against teams in the top six. And they are firmly there. Um, I think there's even some hope that perhaps they could even push on a bit more. And maybe top four. Right? The form they're going at the moment, we wouldn't argue with them. Um, so I think the pressure's off Luton. That's the one thing. Um and that could be a a benefit. Also, uh, they've got to go and play in Holland against Acer Alkmaar on Thursday. And so it's a quick turnaround to then go and play on the Sunday, 2 p.m. So that's something to hang out on as well. Yeah, it is because they've played three Thursday night European games this season. Uh, they've got a win at Chelsea at the time where Chelsea were, you know, the shit version of Chelsea, not the one that's 
um, recently revived itself. That's not, no, you know, that's not taking nothing away from them. They've also got a draw against Wolves. Well, you know, that, um, that's what we managed. And they've got a defeat uh, at Liverpool, which I suppose you'd expect them to lose at Liverpool. Um, Dan, relegation fodder a year ago, Aston Villa, I think it's fair to say, under Stephen Gerrard. Mm. Unai, Emery, em, Unai Emery's come in and, I mean, oof, considering, you know, he was meant to be this absolute shit out at Arsenal, which obviously he wasn't. It's just that's how it was perceived because he was so close after Arsene Wenger. Mm. He has turned this lot around big time. Qualified them for Europe, which is an absolute fair play. To finish in the top seven last season took some doing. That was, you know, obviously finished above the likes of Tottenham. And we've seen what we've already seen what they're doing. Mm. Chelsea, they finished above them as well. Credit to them. They'll go into this game, uh, into the weekend, sorry, in fifth place in the Premier League. Obviously, we're recording this before their Thursday night European game as well. So we don't know how they've gone in that game, but. They're competitive in Europe. He's completely transfer, transformed this side around. Yeah, they've spent a few quid. Moussa Diaby cost a few quid. One or two of the defenders also cost a fair bit of money. But he's got Watkins going and he, you know, there's a couple of others. Douglas Louise can't stop scoring at the minute. And it's like all of a sudden, this is like the, the Villa of old, you know, the Villa going back. I mean, this is the second game in succession that we've played a former European Cup winner. Hopefully I don't sound too much like Graham Jones there, but <laughs> it is true. Um, it's going to be, you know, you can't dress it up any other way. It's going to be a tricky and a tough afternoon. It will be. And for Emery to do that in such a short space of time as well from taking up, I think Gerard was still in charge this time last year. Um, I think he took over literally the Tuesday of this week a year ago. Was it? I mean, it, it's out, it's outstanding, and virtually the same set of players as well. And I kind of wish we were playing Dick Emery rather than Unai Emery, <laughs> because that's why I'm for the kids. That's why <laughs> reference for the kids. I don't know who Dick YouTube. Emery is. Ask your granddad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Uh, I mean, um, but yeah, no. Full, full credit to Villa. They've they've been. Brilliant at home, um, and I'm not just saying this because my boss is a Villa fan, and he may well end up watching this. Can I have Monday off, please? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they they are a very good side. I mean, let's not forget as well. Like three or four years ago, they they were in the Championship, um, and to, to make the steps that they've made. Yes, they've already got the infrastructure, and we spoke about Villa Park earlier, which is one of the best grounds in the country, and it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know they've got the fan base. They turn in week in week out. They churn out forty thousand people every week, every every home game, which is brilliant. Uh, just a little bit of mismanagement off the field, which ended them up in them getting relegated in the first place. Which it shouldn't happen. But I'm, I'm and I've said this about Newcastle. You're never too big to go down anyway. Um, but they've they've done well to transform and turn it all round. The blip with Gerrard, it started well, didn't quite end well. And they're just on fire at the moment. And like I said, I really wish it was Dick Emery rather than, you know, Emery, ask your granddad. Because um, they, they they just they just look dangerous and we're going to have to be really on it. You know, we, we spoke in the last one, the Forest podcast, about you know, little mistakes creeping in, um, being intelligent enough to work out to stop those mistakes from happening. We are really going to have to, because the way Ollie Watkins is playing and, and all... You know, they've got options on the bench as well. We've got people like Leon Bailey that can come in and affect games. And from what I understand, they were f- they were going to start phasing him out. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be 
probably a tough watch for us maybe but it'll still be a good game of football I've no doubt because we haven't really been done by anybody and obviously I hope we don't get done Sunday but you know this is the Premier League and this is one of the team that I would expect to push the top six at least yeah. that they are as good as they're looking at the moment I mean if we do as I've just alluded to you know we'll be in good company won't we Brighton West Ham uh, to name but two that have been done um, by them this season I mean yeah I've just mentioned 11 home games unbeaten on the trot but we go there having not lost either of our last two away games could probably should have been three because there was nothing in the Fulham game either so we kind of got something about us on the road so there's no foregone conclusion here it's you know it's not a case of Villa turn up with 11 players and they beat us you know the least we can do is make them work hard and we will do that yeah absolutely and you've probably got to look at it is that um, they've just come off that back of the back of the result against West Ham for one which is unbelievable really and they're rattling the goals they've stuck a hat full past Brighton as well but West Ham before that would have considered themselves around about the same level as Aston Villa and a sort of rival in the league so they're both going to go, want to go out there and play, I suppose. Although we did see when West Ham came to Luton, they were quite happy to sit back and play on the counter, which is probably the right way to play against Villa because I've, I've seen that they play a, a high line. I heard a couple of their uh, podcasts say about that as well, which could be useful counter-wise. Hello, Chio. Ogbeni. Chio, yeah, and get uh, Doughty and Chio going at them, which could be a, a benefit, but... um yeah, they're they're a formidable, formidable side at the moment. Goals everywhere, all over the pl- place as well. I mean, if you mm. stop Watkins, then Diaby's going to score. Douglas Luiz has scored six straight six, home six games. straight home games. I think he's the first Villa player to do that in Premier League um, straight home games. The number is pretty frightening. So, um, uh, yeah, when you look at it like that, it's it's pretty daunting, but. Luton are not going to be expected to have the ball. They keep it tight and keep it keep it horrible. Would probably be my advice, wouldn't? wouldn't yeah, it? we could do with Sunday afternoon being like pissing down a rain, yeah. really windy, horrible football conditions. So it's obviously going to be perfectly sunny and everything else. Um, cl- <laughs> clocks have gone back, by the way, so make sure your clocks go back. Otherwise, you're going to miss kickoff um, as well. <laughs> Let's talk about formations because I I kind of get the feeling this is going to be a tactical. Um, sort of thing. We always come up against four three three. We're not coming up against four three three this time. We're going to come up against some version of four four two. They do tend to. They don't tend to have wingers, do they? By rights, they pick four central midfielders, but two of them will tend to make their way onto the wing, or they'll the two two will go through the middle, and the strikers will make their way onto the wing. I mean, it's really if you haven't watched them. You know, keeping tabs on them, it's it's really difficult. But it's not going to be a front three like like a Chelsea or like a, a West Ham, Fulham, those kind of things. It's literally a four four two. And to be fair to the two forwards, Watkins and DRB, they've struck an instant relationship. I think they've combined for the most chances in the Premier League, setting each other up. So that's obviously a threat that we've got to counteract. And it was interesting that we went four four two at Notts Forest. Um, Dan, obviously, some obviously it was to try and get a result in the Notts Forest game, but I wonder if it was with this game in mind as well because we would need to match them up. But it's that central midfield in particular that's kind of a concern. If they've got four in the centre of the park of the quality mm. of Douglas Louise in particular, and we've only got two, <laughs> you know, 
four into two it don't go does it we're going to get outnumbered so do we change do we not change I mean it's an interesting it's it's definitely a question I mean I'm sure Rob watched the game I mean hell if we watched the game I'm sure he watched the game yeah that'd be tough against against West Ham so he'll know what he's coming up against but knowing and stopping as we've seen two different things really they certainly are um and you know, in terms of making changes, I wouldn't change f- too much from the Forest game. It, I think it rides from fitness of uh, Reese Burke, depending on how bad that injury is. Um, which at the time of recording, we don't know the extent of, um, and who we've got available. Whether whether we th- whether he thinks Barkley's worth starting, uh, which if he's fit, I think he has to. Um, also, I mean, do we go with a four-four-two like we did at Forest, like you say, or do we go back to a flat back three with wing backs, pack the midfield, play two up front? Like um, either or, really. I think I'd, I'd probably go with a three-five-two, play with wing backs, just because you know you, you've got to you've got to look at that midfield, like you said, they're very dangerous, and you've got to. Just get the bodies in there. Maybe, maybe even sacrifice a striker and play six in the middle. <laughs> you know what I mean, just try try and match them up. And but whoever's in there has got to be on it. We can't be having this. Oh, but he's done so well to get this far, sort of thing. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody when I say that either, because that could be any one of the midfielders we got. But you've got to be whatever system we play. It's got to be right, and we've got to match up what Villa have got, which is going to take some doing anyway. So. There's there's two options there, and yep. Let's finish on Villa then um, before we start <clears throat> focusing on Luton, which is obviously what we're here for. Three danger men. I mean, Ollie Watkins. I, I alluded to it at the start of the episode. He's got five goals. He's got five assists. You know, don't need me to tell them that he's the danger man. England international. Obviously, a far cry from the fella that we ran into when he played for Exeter back in the day. He's, you know, <laughs> he's kicked on an awful lot since then, and. Um, whether it be Mengi, whether it be Lockyer, someone's going to need to have a real good game to keep him quiet. Yeah, I mean, I think statistically only Haaland and Salah are better than him at combined goals and assists at this season. Oh, they're not bad, are they? They're then? pretty good, those right. two, yeah. Um, so he's a... Yeah, they're yeah, all right. He's a, yeah, he's a relentless pest as well. <laughs> he does so much selfless running. He's It's going to be hard to keep tabs on. And but I don't think you can you know in the old days when there was a danger man you go well go man man to man and just somebody track him all over the place but he'll love that because he'll pull you out of position yeah and then Louise comes in that's probably why he's got so many goals as well as uh, probably one of the reasons that's probably a myriad but that's one um yeah he's he's such an effective forward at the moment and um uh, it's almost going under the radar as well. So he's not really getting the credit he deserves. Um, so yeah, the, whoever picks him up, well, it's going to have multiple people picking him up wherever he is on the pitch. Um, they are really going to have their work cut out for him, but he can do it all. You know, he's a fox in the box. He's decent with his head. Um, he runs all day. Have I picked him up enough? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, his assist count tells you that he can do it all as well, doesn't it? I mean, either wherever he is on the pitch, like you say, it's not one person who needs to pick him up, but wherever he is on the pitch, we need to know where he is because uh, he's a danger man. Uh, James just alluded to Douglas Louise's goal record. 
it's, this is not a holding midfielder who simply scores worldies. A lot of these goals are penalties, so um, there is a kind of caveat to that. But equally, if you score in six straight games, you're doing something right. There's two things with this guy. I mean, obviously, he's the penalty taker. He's a Brazil international. You know, you don't get that shirt if you can't play football. Mm. But the one thing we need to watch out with this fella, he shoots from corners. <laughs> and, you know, with the best will in the world, we have fallen asleep on corners a couple of times. So, so whoever's at the near post, stay awake because this fella does legitimately shoot from corners. He scored against Newcastle from a, straight from a corner last uh, last season. He almost scored against uh, West Ham on Sunday from one. Just because he's taking the corner, do not expect it necessarily is going to go to one of their players. He will have a shot from one of these corners. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Rob would have informed the players and they'd start working on that. Um, might be worth bringing Keith Keane in for the week because, after, I mean, if, if we could learn one lesson... <clears throat> Is that when a player scores from a corner, don't then stop him taking corners. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, we, we could, on a serious note, for any Villa fan wondering if Keith Keane is, Google it. <laughs> Luton v Oxford 2010, and the rest is history. And we actually stopped him taking them after that. So well done, Luton. But um, no, we're going to have to be really on it um, right from the start. And this week, I think, is going to be about. Well, as it always is about the, the next opposition, but it, you know, Villa have a lot more strengths than a lot of other sides that we've played so far do. Um, you know, this isn't we're not talking about the, the eight team mini league that we've been used to the last few games or certainly most of the season so far. You know, these these are like I said, they're a top side and they're pushing to be one of the top sides in the country, and they've got the good makings of it, like you say, with the likes of Douglas Louise, Musa Diaby, Ollie Watkins, etc. Uh, so threats all over as well. Though, the, the, there's Even threats. Like Matty Cash pops up, and Matty Cash, the local the Polish yeah. international. Yeah. 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 Um, Matty Kaszki. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, he's 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 not shit at all. Neither is that Luca Dean either. You know, he can ping he can ping a cross or two in as well. And they're good defenders, and they're good at what they do. But it, and you know, whilst we we seem to be bigging Vela up a lot as we are. And, and rightly so, you know, the table doesn't lie. They're fifth in the league. They're very good at what they do. And they've smashed literally everybody that's come to Villa Park this year, apart from Everton in the Cup. Um, that doesn't mean to say that we can't go there and grab Summit. You know, and like we said, we're going to have to be on our A game, obviously. And we're going to have to do a homework. Ex- we might have to do a bit of overtime. Um, might have to leave out of the gym in, in exchange for a bit more time out on the grass, working on more drills and stuff. Um, whatever it takes, we've just got to hope that something happens in in Holland in the week and in the Netherlands in the week that slows them down a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you've legitimately legitimately got to talk about all their strengths, really, because they are that good. But mm. if you you've also got to say, there's no point going up there if you don't think you're going to get something. And that's the mentality of the Luton side at the moment. Well, that's that's so what that's I mean. Simple. Like we're not going to go in there and try to keep the score down. I think that's that's not the right attitude at all. Um, and I'm not being arrogant when I think when I say that Luton can get a result there. Of course we can. Well, I mean, let's be honest. This game is very much on. I mean, you, you mentioned that they're not in the bottom eight league. No. This is very much on a par with Tottenham. We bigged up all the Tottenham threats. They delivered. Thankfully, they didn't deliver, deliver in goals, but they delivered in football. Uh, and it's, it's hard. 
to see Aston Villa not delivering in that regard. I mean, we're not going to flag the goalkeeper up as a danger man or anything like that, but we've got a World Cup winning goalkeeper in goal for them. You know, it's it's crazy. The one thing I would say for all of the home form that they're showing, only Everton have failed to score there in the Premier League this season. And Everton aren't exactly the most prolific uh, when it comes to goals anyway. Uh, so nothing third- about Everton, great club. <laughs> 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 The third man then that we're flagging up, I mean, they both um, mentioned him, Moussa Diaby. Usually, James, when foreign players come over, they take a while to settle in. This fella hasn't, he's hit the ground running. Him and Watkins formed a really good partnership. He's got pace, he can finish, he's got a pass in him. He was actually quite quiet against West Ham. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if a quiet game followed by a monster game. If it is, I hope it's in Europe on Thursday rather than against us. But once again, whoever's on the pitch they need to make sure they know where he is yeah well quiet is relative isn't it when you're in a partnership that's on fire (laughs) as him and Watkins are I mean (laughs) because if he's not doing the business to the level he has been um, he's still a great player anyway uh, is in great form then Watkins will come along and, and, and do it as well I mean I don't foresee that Aston Villa really going to change much from what we saw against the West Ham. Against West Ham, they started four four two and went very attacking. Why would they change? And the fact that they're racking up the goals against Pitt. so maybe that's a benefit that you sort of know how they're going to play. It's one thing knowing how you're going to play, and then another thing stopping it, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, the old Mike Tyson quote <laughs> about boxing. But um, yeah, he's 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 come in and to be. Uh, I mean, the amount of goals he's got is impressive, but I think he's assisted as much um, as Watkins has. And if you're talking Watkins up, then you've got to say that he's a very good player as well. Um, I mean, that's almost an understatement really, isn't it? But yeah, whoever plays in that, the back line for Luton, um, and obviously that's probably up for grabs at the moment because of the injury situation. Uh, we all know that, Reese Burke tends to be out for lengthy spells when he is um, suffering, although he did come back after we thought he might be out for a while uh, recently. Um, and Amari, Amari Bell, by the sounds of it, is on his way back close, Rob Edwards said so. And, uh, and Gay Boshe. Gay Boshe. Oh, yeah, I mean, bench, the, at yeah, first. I, the only thing there, I'd imagine, is that. You need some time. Yeah, as good as Gay Boshe is and as much as we like him, he's not played in the Premier League yeah so he'll have to get over an injury and get up to speed straight away yeah. against one of the most lethal partnerships strike partnerships there are in the league at this moment in time so I don't think that that would yeah. be probably the he's best. not played in five months either so <laughs> well, in that case it'll be another five months because they're all bloody <laughs> lethal partnerships and strike partners and everything else we'll just put him in against Liverpool and he could chop Salah into, this, coming into the main stand that's fine yeah absolutely is uh, yeah that's no, no. You, you might, you might well be right. You're um, obviously defensively, we've got one or two issues, but let's have a chat about how we can impose ourselves on them. Mm. James mentioned it earlier, Dan, and it was full of it in the commentary uh, against West Ham. They play this high line; it's pretty much on the halfway line, and it's well known. They don't hide from it. Unai Emery re- regularly talks about it, and he says, you know, that's how I play. That's how my teams play their football. They're not going to change from that sometimes it means they get battered 5-1 at Newcastle for example Mm. but on the flip side of that you know obviously as the rewards that we've just spoken about but we have players who can take advantage of a high line Chia Ogbeni would be one immediate 
Lee who can do that. I mean, Jacob Brown's got a bit of pace about him as well. Um, they're the, they're the, they're the ones that we're going to have to get on the ball. Certainly Chio, you know, whether he yeah. does it on Luca Dinia's side, on the right hand side, like he would have been against Knott's Forest, or he goes the other side against our Polish friend, Matty Cash. He's, he's the one, isn't he? He's that threat who can just make them think a little bit because if he times his run, no one's catching him, is it? So, you know, I mean, Conser's a good defender, to be fair. There's a lot of people saying he should be playing for England. Wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Is he English? Conser? Yeah. Oh, OK. And he can't play for England if he's not. Well, I, well, I, 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 I just didn't think he was English, that's all. <laughs> Don't know what made me think that. Apologies to Conser. He's, he is English. Forgot to do my research on him, sorry. Um, yeah, he's a good defender, but even he's not catching him. So he, he's, he's he feels like... I mean, he's the key outlet in every game we play, isn't he? But he feels like an even more of a key outlet in this game. If Chio has a real good game, we could get some joy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's notwithstanding that they haven't done their own work on Chio and hopefully don't knock him out the first in the first battle. Um, Got to get near him first, haven't you? Well, they, 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 exactly. This is this is it. Chio is very tricky. I can't put that into a sentence. <laughs> you did right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, you you would fancy like if we can clear a line, stick Chio up top, and just clear a line, get the ball to Chio, and he just run through him. Um, we've got Tati Chong as well. I mean, if he can remember to take the ball with him and don't trip up on himself, or can see where he's going with his lovely hairstyle. Well, um, I mean, the, the, the bright if, side. If he with, starts, I mean, well, yeah, that is that is true. But, but the bright side with Chong is obviously former Birmingham player. You know, you're always up for it against your former rivals, aren't you? And of course, we've got two, potentially two, starting former Aston Villa players. Everyone knows that Marvellous Nakamba was former Aston Villa player, but Ross Barkley did have a season there as well. Um, yeah, he was on loan, wasn't he? On loan there. Um, do you see Ross Barkley starting this game? Yep, after the um, impact he had uh, that against That would be Forest. for Chong, presumably. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, Chong did enough to get into the side that's that's probably where you see it Chong did great in his cameo um, against Tottenham to get into the starting lineup at Forest and if you go in by those sorts of rules and the way Rob Edward liked to do things then you would imagine that Ross Barkley comes in for the impact he had against Forest as well so he, he, he probably starts and I think you when you come up against these sides um, in the top six and sides that are flying, you're going to need that Nelson experience. And, you know, he looks like he's like on the verge of a really good moment, doesn't he, Ross Barkley? And uh, if he can turn that into a spell, then that would be fantastic. And you want to go and play against your former sides, and he's played against two of them so far. So, um, and did he play against him? No, he didn't, no, didn't, didn't play. Him. They've come up against two of them so far, but yeah. uh, this is another one. So, um, uh, I think he starts, uh, and well, we know Marvellous Nakamba is going to be playing as well, so that will be the two of them playing against their old side. Yeah, I mean, if Barkley does start, he's certainly someone who can put Chio um, through. The other one, for all they've got good defenders, Pau Torres, fair play, and as I just mentioned, lots of people think Ezri Conser should be playing for England, whether that's because of Conser or whether that's because of who does play for England. I, I don't know, but um, I, I do like Conser as a defender. But good. the one thing that I've seen more and more game by game is Carlton Morris is a Premier League 
attacker that no defender likes and he'll keep them too honest Carlton Morris so and he's he's also got enough pace that if he's through on goal he'll get away from the from the defense as well so could be a big afternoon for Carlton as well obviously he's gone a couple of games without scoring he'll want to get on the score sheet as all strikers do and um he can have he can have some joy as well these kind of defenders that like to play a bit of football they strike me as the kind of defenders that Morris likes to go up against because mm. he can be physical against them he can <clears> be rough and he can be tough and and that's exactly what he's got so if we can give Carlton some decent ball there's no reason at all why he can't have some joy against this defence I mean yes they're going to have a lot of joy against us but we can have some joy against them as well yeah I think so um, you know Carlton we all know from watching him for the last year and a bit nobody really works harder than him and He'll give 100%. I don't believe in this 110% nonsense because you can't get higher than 100%. <laughs> but he, he will always give everything. Let's say that instead. Um, you know, and like you say, he loves a physical battle. Um, the stronger the centre-half, the, the more he loves it because, you know, he, he he's a player and from watching the interviews that he's, he's done and listening to him and I've spoken to him a couple of times, he likes the challenge. In fact, he relishes a challenge and... If you, if you want players in for your big game mentality, you want someone like Carlton Morris in your side. And yes, all right, like you just said, he hasn't scored for a couple of games, but he doesn't seem to let that affect him. If you're watching very closely, you know, he's, he's always looking for the next pass, for the next ball. Where can he play it after that? You know, he's, he, his, his reading of the game's fantastic. His concentration levels are phenomenal. He's, he's, I think I said off camera to you, he's, he's probably the hardest working centre forward I've seen play for Luton for a long time. And I think we're going to use use his strengths a lot this season. And he's, he's, he's the best thing about him is, he, like I said, you know, he's hungry, he always wants to improve. And, you know, he's desperate to improve that he's a Premier League striker and he's, he's very quickly getting there rather than, rather than slowly adapting. He's very quickly adapted, I think. And, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be so, certainly someone that um, will give Villa something to think about definitely yeah scored goals in two of Town's five away games this season Carlton mm. Morris so uh, certainly likes a goal on the road and obviously last season pretty much every away game was Morris 1-0 thanks for coming this won't be 1-0 I think we're all <laughs> no. fairly confident that we can say that Might but 2-0 if, if Morris scores um, the Joking. Yeah, then happy days Indeed, hey, look, this is going to be a tough one, but it's going to be a great away day. Look, they're in a bad away day in the Premier League, is there really? Maybe one or two, to be fair. Hello, Burnley. <laughs> but um, you know, in the in the main, this is going to be a great away day. This is exactly what we got promoted for to take on sides like these on their own patch with absolutely nothing to lose. And let, let's see what we can do. You know, we were being written off against Tottenham. Could have come away from that with a win you only need someone to dive for some god known unknown reason and who knows you're back in you're back in the game then aren't you um so yeah tough assignment but let's go there and enjoy it. it's going to be over 3000 looting fans it's sold out in the looting end already sunday afternoon that's a different thing for us as well isn't it so that's something that we'll have to get used to we've kind mm. of coped with all the different kickoff times and everything else in this league pretty well but i don't recall us playing on a sunday afternoon very often so we like London buses we've got two of them coming up in succession we'll worry about Liverpool another time though but we're going to finish this podcast as we always do with our score predictions Dan as you're the only one who's Ooh. hit one correctly this season how are you going with this one pressure's on uh, yeah 
Luton fans aren't going to like this, but I think we're going to lose 2 1. Because I don't know, it might be one or two quite happy to take. Uh, I think not I think happy I would to take it, but would take it. Realistically, I'd take nil nil right now, but I I can't see them turning us over um, because nobody has yet, and I, I don't think people are going to turn us over. Like you know, we see a lot in the comments of these videos when we've we've said something a bit wrong about a certain club, and they go, oh, "I hope we stuff you three nil, four nil, five nil, whatever." It never happens. Um, and I can't see that changing. Plus, I think you know we, we we're getting more, more and more adapted to the level as well. I mean, Villa's going to pose with the greatest respect to the clubs we've already played. Villa are going to pose a different threat. Um, but I still think I, I still think that we we're sort of getting there in terms of where where we want to be in order to stay up. I think we'll be able to close the gap a little bit, and it might be a fine margin again. That's what I base that on. So. Given the propensity for goals in this game, you might have gone a week early with your four-three prediction. Mm. But uh, yeah. how are you going uh, with this one? Well, there's absolutely no way Luton are getting their first clean sheet at Villa Park. I, I can't see that whatsoever. But <laughs> no, I'm gonna, no. I'm well, gonna... we'll just store this for the review um, podcast, just in case. Boys, in defence, you want to prove him wrong? Crack on. Please do. Please do prove me wrong. Show this to Tom Lockyer straight away. I am going to be. I am going to be positive. um, Well, positive to an extent. Relatively (laughs) positive. I I think that because they've gone to Forest, they've scored two goals. I think it'll be two two. Point. I said two 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 there, didn't I? I can't be that. No. Two two. <laughs> you, you, you've done a grand poll. Three, uh, three of the same. Um, we need to <laughs> conflab on this before we do it because that's exactly the same score that I'm going with. Two two. Uh, okay. Good enough at Forest. Listen, it's going to be hard work. No point in dressing it up. Rob's not going to dress it up as anything different. He's quite happy to admit when the going's going to be tough, and that's good. And I like that. Nathan kind of shirked that, didn't he? He refused to talk about the opposition. And then, like you mentioned about that Mike Tyson quote, when we were punched on the nose, we didn't really know how to cope because we haven't discussed it and we haven't kind of thought about that situation. Whereas under Rob, we really do think about that situation. There's a there's a potential for Aston Villa to be a little flat. We mentioned their results earlier in this uh, podcast after a European game on a Sunday. Not just Aston Villa, is it? A lot of teams that go to Europe on a Thursday night don't get up to the heights that you'd expect of them on the Sunday. It doesn't necessarily mean to say they won't win, but they don't hit the the, the kind of heights of them. It, kind of what I'm saying is that that West Ham performance might be above where they're going to perform in this game. Obviously, we hope so. And Luton are going to give up. They've shown that. They've shown it every single game. They've shown it last season. They've shown it in seasons gone by. Luton will play until the 98th, 99th minute, or however long it is. And who knows, it might be that 98th or 99th minute as they're tiring after a Thursday game where we finally get back and get something out of the game. 2-2, we'll all take a point from this game. I'm absolutely sure I can speak for uh, the other two guys here (laughs) and probably most of you out there. If we get a point from this one, it'll be fantastic, particularly bearing in mind that it's Burnley against Bournemouth. This weekend too, so anything we can get to nullify that result, because obviously someone's going to pick up a point, if not three, that would help. Um, so yeah, 2-2 for me and James, 2-1 uh, to Aston Villa for Dan. If he's obviously, got, I hope if, I'm wrong. If he's got that right, we won't be big in that particular correct score up when we do the review show. Uh, just as a heads up, I'll never do. the review podcast for this game will be out slightly later 
than usual. That is because we go into the game in Birmingham and we will not get back in time to record it ahead of where we usually like to release it on a Monday. It may well be the Tuesday uh, that that gets released. But if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'll know exactly when the review episode drops and you'll be able to check that out. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks very much to James and Dan for their company. Thanks to you for watching and listening. Thanks to the Hightown Club, as always, for being fantastic hosts of the podcast. Thanks to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for the intro music. And, of course, to Ed Smith Creative for all of the podcast designs that you can see both on our set and where it is that you pick up the podcasts. One thing we've noticed on this, uh, since we've done these podcasts, particularly in video, an awful lot of overseas hatters are getting in touch either commenting uh, on the YouTube channel or on social media. If you are an international hatter and you'd like to be put in touch with groups in your country, get in touch with us. We are um, holding a page on our website for a lot of international groups. If you're running a group, we can certainly big that up for you. Or if you just want to find a group of fellow hatters that you uh, can watch games with, can interact with and support uh, Luton Town and post the message of the hatters worldwide, do get in touch and we'll point you in the right direction. All the details on our website, www.lutontownsupporterstrust.com. That is it. Thanks, boys, for your company. Thanks to you for watching and listening. And if you're going on Sunday, be loud, be proud and enjoy the game. And very much, come on, you hatters. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looking.